Hey everybody, welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We've got an awesome episode today. We'll be talking about hunting brown and black bears up on the Kenai Peninsula of Alaska. Before we get going, let's talk about the partners of this podcast. The Bear Hunting Podcast is proud to be partnered with Bear Hunting Magazine. If you want to learn about Alaskan bear hunting, you should check out Bear Hunting Magazine. Bear Hunting Magazine has got articles upon articles upon articles all about Alaskan bear hunting. They've also got gobs of super exciting Alaskan bear hunting stories. And to top it all off, they've got a huge selection of vouched for bear hunting outfitters so you can book the Alaskan bear hunt of your life. So go get yourself a bear hunting magazine subscription if you don't already have one. If you aren't a subscriber or you need to re-up your subscription, use the promo code BHP when ordering to receive $5 off a subscription, which is already at a great rate. So check them out. The Bear Hunting Podcast is also partnered with Batum 907 Bear Attractants out of Alaska. Have you heard about Batum 907's nasty boar line? We talk about it in this episode, and from all the stories I've been hearing, it's crazy how well it draws in the bears. I'm so impressed with the stories, actually, that um, I ordered some for my northern Minnesota bear hunt this fall. I'm hoping to use it to draw in a uh, big predatory boar black bear. So, uh... Uh, I can't wait to see how well it works. So you actually, the scent's so strong out of the scent balls that Batum sells that you can't actually ship them. So, um, but for the rest of us that don't live in Alaska, um, you can you you can get it in their smear paste, uh, their attractant spray, or the Bruins Brunt ground cover. So uh, uh, can't wait to try it myself, and uh, I think you should order some too. So check it out. Check them out at Batum907.com. Alright, before we get going today, um, I want to ask you all a big favor. Uh, I need your help getting the word out about this podcast. So, whenever you get a chance, uh, using whatever social media, or if you're on forums, um, whatever, you know, however you connect with other hunters, um, if you could do me a big favor and share um, this podcast episode, or previous one that you really liked or the bear hunting podcast website or social media page i'd really appreciate it um you know it really helps especially if you're in like uh bear hunting groups online say you're a member of uh the facebook group grizzly hunting or something like that um please share this episode to it that would be a really really helpful about helpful for getting the word out about this podcast so please and uh, if you get a chance, swing by iTunes or Google, and uh, if you could leave us a review, that would be good too. So, thank you. Um, last but not least, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions for me, uh, you can email us at uh, bearhuntingpodcast at gmail.com. Or uh, you can send us a Facebook or Instagram message, and uh, um, that'll get to us too. Uh, I personally res- read, respond, and try to act upon every single email or message I get, so... Um, please send me your questions. Um, I try to incorporate the questions I get into podcast episodes, and um, I answer what questions I can. And uh, so, please let me know if you have any questions. All right, on to the episode. Thanks. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Bear Hunting Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, tonight we we're gonna go up to the Kenai Peninsula to talk with Cody Cody Kreidel. Uh He's a DIY uh, bear hunter who. Uh, Seems to be pretty successful at uh, uh, whacking huge brown bears, so um, I've 
kind of watched his videos in the past and uh, thought he'd be a cool guy to bring on. So how you doing today, Cody? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited thanks. to talk about bear hunting. Yeah, thanks for coming on. So <clears throat> I guess uh, uh, why don't you do a brief intro into like how you got into bear hunting and all that and where you're from. Okay. Well, I was born in Alaska, and so I grew up uh, hunting with my dad, um, but my dad was never really into bear hunting. Mm-hmm. We moved away from Alaska when I was uh, about 14, and when I came back and was finally here full-time after being done with being away for, co- for with college and such, I, uh, I was back up here in 2009 for my first hunting season, mm-hmm. and I just... I was ready to hunt everything in Alaska. So I, you know, went out on a on foot, uh, black bear hunt for my first time that, uh, summer, actually the summer of 2008, I uh, was my first bear hunt and that one didn't go so hot. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we made some mistakes. We had some opportunities, but it just didn't pan out. And ever since then, I've, I've just, um, really enjoyed chasing bears because I think a big draw is that it's, it was kind of the first good hunting after after a long winter up here. Mm-hmm. So I've taken a couple seasons off of bear hunting since 2009, but for the most part, I've I've been out there every spring since then. Mm-hmm. Well, cool, very cool. <clears throat> yeah, I can uh, definitely re- relate with that. So my first my first season too was a pretty epic failure. I, I, and actually, I didn't I didn't grow up bear hunting either. I uh my I mean I grew up deer hunting and uh cuz I'm from Michigan and uh my dad was never really into bears, but um when I moved up north where there's a lot of bears, I I kind of got into it and uh same thing. I was just like, "Let's do it." I was so excited and I jumped into it and uh my first year didn't go so well, but I learned after that. So, but <clears throat> yeah, I learn those lessons the hard way sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it's the best way you learn those by failure, I think. So, well, cool. So, um, you know, you can hunt bears uh, multiple methods up there in Alaska. What's your favorite method? My, my favorite bear hunts have been spot and stock with a bow. Okay. Um, I, I've. I've only successfully harvested one black bear spot and stock okay. with my bow. Um, but obviously baiting provides a higher rate of success. Yeah. So I've, I've started baiting as a few years ago, but um, I, I really, I just really like the challenge of, of hunting such a big animal with a bow. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Spawn stock bear with a bow. That's going to be, I mean, closing the distance with a bear, you know, with a bow, on a bear with a bow is just, that's got to be quite the challenge. I mean, it's impressive you've even taken one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging in that, you know, you're, it's definitely, you're definitely a little bit nervous, but uh, they just smell everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it, my first attempt at a bear with a bow, I got, I was about 60 yards away mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't really figure out the wind. It was kind of changing directions, mm-hmm. kind of swirling at the base of this mountain. Yeah. And I was get, almost in position and at 60 yards, this black bear just out of nowhere just bolted. 
yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I know he, I know he smelled me. I yep. know he smelled me. <laughs> and that's sixty yards too. That's a bummer. Uh, well, cool. So, um, I guess let's let's talk about baiting bears first. So, when you first started baiting bears, were you focused on black bears, or or were you like, I'm gonna try to get a brown bear? The first time I registered and ran my own bait station, I was looking for brown bears. Okay. The wow. That was in 2014, and mm-hmm. that was the first year that they allowed us to hunt brown bears over bait on the Kenai Peninsula. Okay. And, you know, I had never ran a bait on the Kenai Peninsula. I would had friends who had. I had shot a bear over bait the year before on a friend's bait station over out in Prince William Sound, a black bear. Mm -hmm. Lucky for me, a a friend of mine had been baiting on the Kenai Peninsula Mm -hmm. and he was the year before and was obviously going for black bears because brown bears weren't legal. And he just had a trail camera full of brown bears. (laughs) And, and he ended up needing to move to Arizona the, okay. the fall right before brown bear hunting opened up. So he told me which drainage his spot was in and, and told me to go for it. Nice. So I hit the ground running in 2014, knowing I had a spot with, with some big brown bears in the area. Okay. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> Can't be that. <laughs> and so, well, cool. That's, that's neat. I mean, jumping right into brown bear baiting. That's, that's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. So, well, sweet. Is it no? You know, in the Kenai, is there mostly brown bears there, or is there some blacks too? There, there's most mostly black bears. Oh, is there? Okay. Um, and in fact, if if you look at the regulations for hunting the Kenai Peninsula, you you can the regulations really illustrate how many more black bears there are. You're allowed three black bears per year, and there's no closed season. And until 2014, they only gave out nine drawing permits for the entire Kenai Peninsula for brown bears. Oh, wow. After some new population counts, uh, well, for years, fishermen and hunters had been pushing fish and game. Hey, there's more brown bears than you think. We need to open this (laughs) up. And and then I think they they realized how many bears they were really dealing with, so they they liberalized the the regulations down there. Okay. Uh, But there's definitely a lot of black bears. There's definitely a lot of black bears. But the problem with with baiting on the Kenai is that there are enough brown bears that they run the show at the bait stations. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, It's sometimes difficult to get the black bears to show up because the brown bears keep them away. And you typically don't see as many black bears until later in the season, in the first couple of weeks in June, uh, as the, the brown bears start to get interested in other food sources, uh, you start seeing more black bears. Okay, gotcha. That's neat. Yeah, because I, I always hear about the big, you know, peninsula brown bears, and it almost sounded like there wasn't a whole lot of black bears, but okay, that's interesting. It's just, yeah. Yeah, and... and- yeah, and you may be a little confused with the Alaska Peninsula and the Kenai Peninsula. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe um, I am, yep. yep. Yeah, the Alaska Peninsula is primarily brown bears, and there's some real giants out there. They're right up there with uh, with Kodiak. Okay. Um, but, and I don't know about black bear populations out there, but I think you're right. There's there's definitely a lot more brown bears that, that direction. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, cool. 
All right, sweet. So, um, you know, with your bait station, <laughs> I mean, you pretty much just had a drainage ready to go. Um, so you kind of hit the ground running. What were you, what do you like to use for bait? Um, since you're targeting just brown bears then? Well, the, the biggest thing with brown bears is that they eat a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, one, one brown bear can show up and just wipe you out in, in a sitting. Yeah. And so my number one thing with bait is to just keep it cheap. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what I found is I found a local bakery that sells ex- their expired products as hog feed, they mm-hmm. call it, but most <laughs> in the spring, everybody's using it for bear bait. Yeah. And... And it, when I go there, I, I can get a large amount of these bakery products for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. And there's a wide variety of flavors in there. There's there's bread, there's donuts, there's pies, there, there's everything sweet and savory you can think of. Yeah. Um, might be. So I've I've been using bread just because it's so economical. And then I like to sweeten it up, sweeten it up with some commercial products mm-hmm. um, from Batum 907. Okay. Yeah. Um, Data Mano Seven is a local company here. They're based in Wasilla, and they produce a just a wide variety of really strong scents and, and lures. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've really enjoyed them. I just you know use those as the scents to bring the bears in. And I think once you can attract a bear to your bait, I don't think it really matters what you're feeding them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I think as long as there's food there of some kind that they're gonna eat. Yeah. The trick is giving them some strong sense to get them there. Okay. Interesting. Yep. I can definitely see that. So now, um, what, uh, what sense are your sort of favorites to use from Batum 907? Well, the the first year I did, I, I just got some stuff off the shelf from a local store. I hadn't talked to Batum 907 initially. So I, I grabbed a, a bacon scent ball and a bunch of anise, Okay. Um, uh, different products in the knee scent, mm-hmm. which really were a strong, sweet smell. Yeah. But uh, this year, I was poking around on Beta 907's website, mm-hmm. and I, I came across one of their products that's only available for local pickup because it smells so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and this is that nasty They call that their nasty, the nasty boar line, right? <laughs> so I, as I was reading on that, I'm like, this has got to be good. So I... I, uh, I met Jess out there locally to, to mm-hmm. pick one of these up. And uh, I got a bait ball, uh, some spray, and some smear paste, mm-hmm. um, and some Bruins Brunt, which is like a granulated stuff to mix in your bait. And the bears get it on their paws and, and spread scent trails out in the woods for you. Yeah. Well, she warned me. She she's like hey this thing stinks like you know so i i show up in a little nissan Sentra, uh-huh. and she's like is that is that what you're gonna take this home with i'm like yeah <laughs> she's like so so i she gives it to me in a five gallon bucket and i can already smell this thing yeah. and uh she's like i'm gonna warn you now man roll down all your windows so i i put it in the i put it in the trunk mm-hmm. and rolled down all four windows and within five minutes, I had a headache. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> uh, and you know, I, there's, there's all kinds of good smelly stuff in there, but the first thing you smell is is skunk spray. Oh no! I mean, it's, oh. Yeah, it's it's really bad. But Ooh. let me tell you, I, I put that bait ball out this year, and when I got to my bait site, I was I was 
a little worried. There was a lot more snow than I thought there was going to be. We were up near a glacier, mm-hmm. and there was still five feet of snow on the ground uh, the last day in April. Oh, wow. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm not going <laughs> to have any bears here till the end of May. Yeah. You know, I, I had invited my brother from out of state to come up this year. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous. I, that brown bear was there in four days. Wow. And in five it, feet of it, snow? It looks to uh, in five feet of snow. Wow. And it, it looks to us like we were lucky. This was a new spot that I tried this year. I'd never baited here before. I just kind of researched it on a map mm-hmm. and thought it would hold some good bears. And this bear, it looks to us like he woke up from his den, came straight down to the mountain to our bait, and he didn't leave for two weeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, and I, I, you know, I think he smelled that that nasty boar bait ball from inside his den. <laughs> right, exactly. Wow. Well, and you know, one of the one of the things that, um, especially with right out of the den that bears are looking for is winter kill, you know. And so, I'm sh- I, I mean, I've, I haven't smelled the nasty boar. I'm almost thankful I haven't, but... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> But I, I I would bet it probably smells a, at least a little bit like a rotten animal. It's... Absolutely. In fact, uh, there, Jess gave, you know tipped me off on a few of the ingredients, and uh, one of the ingredients is is rotten beaver meat. Oh. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean it it it, it offends the human nose, but I I mean uh, brown bears especially you're just gonna love it yeah yeah oh man that's crazy that is oh <laughs> uh, and you know okay so i think with that nasty boar line because uh, the podcast is partnered with um beta 907 and i think with that nasty boar line i think the only thing they can't ship is the scent ball because there's just no way to contain the scent but i think for everybody else, you can get their smear paste. At the very least, their smear paste in that nasty boar. So, mm-hmm. um, I think the, don't the thing that I that. like the but go ahead. The thing I liked the most was the was the spray. Okay. Um, you know, for me, where I was set up, the bait ball was going to be great, but I, I made the mistake of just hanging it from a tree, mm-hmm. and it, we were still getting freezing temperatures at night, and we were still getting rain in the day. Okay. And by the time that bear got there that bait ball had dissolved and uh she warned me that that might happen and a a way to avoid that i've talked to jeff since would be to to hang it in a five gallon bucket with some holes drilled in it oh okay um but after my bait ball was gone i still had my spray and i would just go in and i would spray the tree as high as i could reach with this this spray and it smells just like the bait ball it's 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 skunky beavery nastiness and I would just freshen up the tree with that every time I went in and, uh, and my hunting partners were cussing me and, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it did the trick. Oh, that's cool. I would say so four days in five feet of snow. That's awesome. That's crazy, Yeah. He was crazy. in there quick, but, but he was the only bear that okay. we had showing up, which, uh, and I think that was due to the snow conditions. He, you know, he just happened to be denned close by. So. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay, so a couple of things about that. First off, how much bait do you have to put out for to hold a brown bear for two weeks? Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I was going out there twice a week. Okay. Uh, typically Tuesdays and Saturdays, because that's what works with my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, 
well, let me back up. I, we went out there on a Saturday, and, and it's a mile and a half walk from okay. where I was parking my dead boat. Okay. So it, it's a little bit further than most people are willing to go for a bait station. Mm-hmm. And we're on snowshoes. You know, it, it was tough going, but in my mind, I was, my goal was to get away from everybody, you know, get to a little bit more remote spot, work for it a little harder, get some yeah. bears all to my own. Yeah. So we went in that Saturday, and when we saw the conditions, we were like, ah, there won't be any bears for a while. Let's come back in a week. Mm-hmm. When we came back on Saturday, the bait was gone. Okay. He'd eaten it all. Wow. And we had hauled in as much bread as two grown men on snowshoes could carry on our backs. Wow. Um, we were both wearing 65-liter packs okay. uh, that we just squished the bread in as hard as we could. I, I don't have weights, but we had to have been carrying close to 100 pounds a piece. Wow. So that first bait, you know, we dropped off 200 pounds, and it was all gone mm-hmm. uh, in three days or less. Wow. So then I'm like, okay, I got to get on this. And, and I started going out there, and same mode, I would carry me and a partner two to three absolutely overweight backpacks. Mm-hmm twice a week if i could sucker two guys into going with me i had three backpacks if it was just me and my uh, another buddy it was it was just um one backpack on top of mine okay and every time we went in the bait was virtually gone but there was always there was always a little bit left so i was i was encouraged that we were keeping him fed yeah so by by those metrics it was close to 400 pounds of bait a week wow uh, for just the one brown bear. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. For just one brown bear. Wow, that's crazy. I so I, I my, feed a lot of black. My first bears. brown bear. Go ahead. But, uh, my first brown bear in 2014. Um, I was feeding a lot more brown bears. Mm-hmm. Um, I had six or seven different bears coming in, and lucky for me that year, I was able to get three or four of similar bait runs in before it got hit so i had you know two backpacks times four trips piled Mm -hmm. up you know that's close to 800 pounds yeah and once they started coming in it was all i could do to keep up with them Mm -hmm. uh i i estimated that year i hauled in roughly 1200 pounds of, of bait wow that's awesome. A bread. <laughs> wow, that's yeah, crazy. bread, which is not a light bait. Uh, you know, popcorn might have been a better option for us. Yeah, yeah. Does now does popcorn seem to hold them up there? You know, I haven't used popcorn. Okay. Um, but a lot of people swear by it on the yeah. forums up here. In mm-hmm. in my mind, the the effort to pop the popcorn was. Yeah was more expensive than what I was spending on the bread. Yeah, yeah, I, there's that. <laughs> I could roll up to the bakery whenever I wanted and get two. At the time, I was getting two shopping carts full of bread for six bucks a piece. Oh, you can't beat that, yeah. Um, it, it has gotten more expensive since then, but at the time, I was like, that's not worth popping popcorn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Bears do seem to love bread. I, um, I, I, I'm a big, I try to get bread, too, around here and for whatever reason, it doesn't seem like like a slice of bread would hold bears that well, but it really does. I'm not sure why, but mm-hmm. so yeah. I, I think there's a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, um, really, you know, yeah. 
It's, and especially, you know, when you're getting the hodgepodge from a bakery mm-hmm. and there's a few donuts and fruit pies mixed in there with these, these sweet little morsels mixed into the bread. Yep. Um, they, they like it. The only drawback I have found with bread is that if it gets rained on, it, yeah. it turns into a soppy mess and the bear's aren't as interested. They'll still eat it, but they're yeah. not as interested when it gets wet. Yeah, you can tell their enthusiasm about it slows down just a little bit, but yeah. For sure. That's cool. Yeah. I hear you. Oh, cool. Well, you kind of got me at a at a crossroads here. I don't know if I want to hear about your bear this year, or your, your bear back in 2014. <laughs> um, <laughs> man. Let's, let's, let's start at the beginning. So... Uh, um, okay. All right, so let's go back to 2014. So you're you're basically given this this bait site here, um, and you got uh, what'd you say six brown bears hitting it pretty hard, give or take, yeah, six yeah. or seven brown bears. Wow, good grief! <laughs> and so um, it, was, it was always a little nerve nervous uh, walking in there. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. Most folks get a little. Uh, get a little nervous about baiting black bears, but six brown bears, that's, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. And you have the bright idea to, uh, go after them with your bow on top of that. <laughs> right. Right. I, at that point I'd killed, I had killed two, two black bears with my bow at that point, one mm-hmm. over bait and one spot and stock. And I, I was pretty confident in my shooting. So I said, you know, in my mind, when I hunt over bait, it's, that's a bow hunt. Yeah. It's close range. Let's do it. <laughs> yep, exactly. That's sweet. Very cool. Um, cool. Now, out of all those six bears, was there was there one that really jumped out at you? That you were like, I want to get that There bear. was. There okay. was. And uh, we had nicknamed him Scarbutt. Okay. Because he, uh, he had wandered in front of the camera at an angle once where I noticed this big scar on his butt. Mm-hmm. And he just, he just had this this waddly jiggly walk that you just knew he was huge mm-hmm. that's cool yeah I, i've seen the videos and you can as soon as you see him you go whoa that thing is a big brown bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> well cool so um so you're so you're baiting how long was that bear was that bait was scarbutt pretty much coming in consistently then or was he sort of um, in and out. He, he was coming in consistently, and uh, from what I could tell, my buddy had pictures from of him from the year before. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and if, in the video, you'll see uh, when we got him, he came in with a sow with a collar on, mm-hmm. and he had videos or he had photos of him and that same sow with the collar mm-hmm. from from the year prior. Okay. So we're pretty sure he was the dominant boar in the area and kind of ran the show. Yeah. Uh, he was the only boar we had on video who was showing up with a sow. Okay. Um, That's cool. So, but he was showing up pretty consistently, mm-hmm. but never when we were in the stand. Gotcha. He, he, I, I figured over the course of four trips, I sat somewhere around 17 hours. Wow. Um, before I saw before I saw a bear, mm-hmm. and you know, it, I was really looking forward to the whole experience of watching multiple bears coming to the bait, and I just wasn't having that. I, I think the brown bears were smelling me, mm-hmm. and they just they weren't having it. 
you know, my brother and I were sitting in there one night and we heard bears coming and they were, you could just, you know, there's noisy, those big brown bears moving through the woods. Yeah. They make a lot of noise. They break a lot of sticks and they got, you know, that was real thick in there. You you can't see the bears till they're right on the bait at that right. spot. And they, they started huffing and puffing and snapping their jaws, mm-hmm. but we still couldn't see them. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely two bears, and they made this big circle around us, and then decided to leave. Okay. And so I, we're pretty sure it was it was this scar butt and that sow because they they it was two bears for sure. But yeah, that really got the blood pumping, even though we didn't see them. Uh-huh. Uh, but that was the first sign I had of any bears after my third or fourth sit in the stand. Okay. Crazy. Now. I've always heard that that brown bears they're a lot more sensitive to human presence than like black bears are. It sounds like that's pretty that's pretty true because I mean usually you can sneak mm-hmm. up on blacks pretty easy, but I mean for you to go in the stand and still have to sit seventeen hours to see you know one of your six brown bears that's interesting. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting too because. A lot of the guys who had ran baits down there before, mm-hmm. um, for black bears before brown bears were open, it, at that time it was just kind of the opposite. They, the brown bears just did whatever they want, and they didn't care if you were there. Huh. <clears throat> but by the time they started opening bait mm-hmm. for brown bears, we had had a full year's hunting season of open brown bear hunting. Okay. Just not, just not over bait yet. I think it was a, a season and a half, okay. uh, a year and a half, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I, so I think that there'd been a little bit of hunting pressure. They, they had wised up a little bit. Because um, mm-hmm. prior to that, you know, each subunit was only getting three permits. Well, okay. yeah. Most of those brown bears had never been pursued at all. Yeah. So, and I've also heard of guys uh, in other parts of the state who, when they're baiting brown bears, they end up having to sit their stands way back and get about a hundred yards away from the bait before the brown bears will commit to it while they're there. Really? Now the other thing too is how long are your days at when you're about to hunt there? Cause I know, you know, you always hear about the min- land of the midnight sun or whatever, but um, do you have really long days where you're at? By, by bear baiting season? Yes. Very long days. Um, okay. When in the video uh, that of the 2014 bear, mm-hmm. I I shot him at about 10:30 p.m. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, and we weren't anywhere near sunset at that point. Wow. Um, okay. Well, I, I take that back. We were getting closer. Sunset was probably around 11. Mm-hmm. Um, but even after sunset, it's, you have a lot of twilight. You know, it, yeah. And you know by the first couple of weeks in June, which is still black bear baiting, um, mm-hmm. but it, the brown bear season closes end of May, it it just doesn't get dark. Okay. Uh, the, you know, the sun sets between 11 and midnight, and uh, it's twilight until the sun comes up. Okay, gotcha. Now, have you ever, like, sat all night in the stand? I haven't yet, but I've been prepared to twice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and both times that I've been like, that's it, we're going to sit all night if we have to, mm-hmm. 
we've killed a bear very early on in, in, <laughs> in the night. So I was always thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it is something that I've considered doing, and I've gone in there with the mentality that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit here and freeze all night uh, so I can get a bear at four in the morning if I have to. <laughs> exactly. Um, Luckily, it hasn't come to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. See, that's something that's a little different up there than uh, a lot of what a lot of guys are used to is they're like, oh, you know, you got to wait till bears come out at last light, and then if you don't get your shot, then you got to get out of there and, you know, your next shot's in, you know, tomorrow. But you can, up, mm-hmm. up there, you can pretty much, the last light sort of a fuzzy thing. <laughs> right. So. So I guess let's start jumping into um, the actual night that you shot your bear. Then, so what? What date was that? What um, that you actually got a shot at this bear? It was around May seventeenth, give give or take a day. I believe it was the seventeenth. Okay, gotcha. Cool. Okay, so one more thing how high up is your tree stand when you're, when you're, cause they can't climb trees, but they can reach pretty high. Can't they? Yeah. So in the, in the video, it looks deceivingly high. Okay. And the reason for that is, is, um, that the tree we're in is on a hill mm-hmm. above the bait barrel. Okay. So we were only about 15 feet off the ground in, in the tree, mm-hmm. but I was a, probably 25 30 feet higher than than the actual bait because of the hill okay so when the bears were at the barrel it felt a lot higher and safer (laughs) (laughs) gotcha well that's cool so good deal okay so so may 17th you're out there and from there what goes on yeah so we're my buddy paul fairbanks and i we were sitting in the tree stands we had two climber stands and individual trees mm-hmm. and this was one of the nights that we're geared up we're dressed warm we're going to sit all night if you had to we've got some you know flashlights you know for the couple hours of darkness that we do get yeah uh, we're ready to go and he's fumbling with some camera it's the first time i've ever tried to film a hunt and paul's got the camera equipment and he drops his flashlight oh no <laughs> and we're like we're like well i mean we haven't seen any bears yet and we need that flashlight. So, you know, go get it. So he's climbing down the tree with this climber stand. You know, they're kind of, they yeah. can be kind of loud. Yeah. He gets his, his, his flashlight. He's back up in the tree in position. It was five minutes later when the bear showed up. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we were glad for that. Uh, yeah. And, and they, when they showed up, they, they came in with such confidence. They're, they're, they didn't, you know, I've seen black bears just kind of slink in real quiet and slow. Mm-hmm. These bears came in on a trot. Okay. And uh, and so he didn't even start filming in, until you know the sow was already on the bait. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know I'm kind of getting excited when I see her, and then when I see the scar butt come in, I instantly recognize him as as a, as the bear I'd been looking for. Yeah. And I start drawing my bow because he's going to give me a shot any yeah. second. And then all of a sudden he just lays down <laughs> right on the middle of the bait pile. And he's just, he's just eating uh, while he's laying there. And so I'm like three quarters of the way drawn, drawn when he lays down. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I can't hold this forever. And, and so I came off as slow as I could 
and I'm just and I'm just waiting there. And so we're kind of watching him eat, and Paul's filming him, and I don't know exactly what he did, but he made some kind of a light noise with with the camera. Mm-hmm. And that's when the scar butt starts to get nervous. He looks up at us, and it, it felt like he was just staring through my soul, like he was staring <laughs> right at us. And and he he starts making this huffing sound and waving his head mm-hmm. and I, I see him starting to get up and mm-hmm. so as he's standing up I drew and as soon as he was he was standing on all fours I, I let him have it nice. and I, I knew it was a, a good shot instantly yeah. Yeah. but the he wasn't going to go very far but we were ner- what we nervous about is he had that sow with him who knows what she was going to do yeah. So we hung out in the tree, and she was huffing, puffing, snapping her jaw all around us. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, my buddy uh, was mistaken. He he said, "Cody, I think you just saw a, a sow." He <laughs> he, because you know it's tough to judge bears, and he thought that yeah. was a a big sow and her cub. <laughs> and I I'm like, uh, no 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 nobody. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and Paul's a very experienced. It, Paul's a very experienced bear hunter. In fact, he had he had just that fall before shot an eight foot brown bear spot and stock with his bow. Oh wow! Okay. Um, and so that that kind of shows you know how difficult it can be to to judge a bear. Here we're looking at this nine foot brown bear with his with an eight foot sow. Yep. And and you know this fairly experienced hunter is going. I think I think you shot a sow. I think that was a sow and a cub. And I'm going, no way, man, no way. Um, so we watched the footage from the tree stands and over and over, and we're like, okay, it was a good shot. With you know, we could see exactly where the arrow hit because we had it on film. Yeah. But we we only waited about half an hour before yeah. we went looking, and because we we were pretty sure the the bear I'd shot was dead, but we just waited until we couldn't hear that sow anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. But let me tell you, uh, we were pretty nervous <laughs> getting out of those three stands. I, I can imagine. I found the arrow. We got a, a full pass-through on the arrow. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. But, which I wasn't expecting. But what was interesting is the arrow was about 10 feet down the path he had ran from where I shot him, and the broadhead was pointing towards us. Hmm. So from what I can tell, I think, you know, it was hanging out the back end of the bear by the fletchings, and as you yeah. ran it, it fell out the other side. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, now, even with a complete pass-through, there was not an immediate blood trail. Wow, yeah. Um, we we were kind of guessing, you know, where's the blood? Bears are just notorious for not bleeding heavily uh, right at first. Yep, and especially if there's a lot of fat. Yeah, and when we finally got, we we were getting closer to him, and I I could smell him. I was like, oh, I, sm- I smell him, but I still hadn't found any blood. And I looked down mm-hmm. right there, and there was the first big, kind of a a clot of blood. Okay. Um, and that's what I was smelling. And he was only he'd only made it about fifty yards mm-hmm. from the bait. Okay. He he didn't go very far at all. So we were pretty pleased with that. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. And so. But, you know, that's when when we walked up on it and Paul just, wow. He said that, that was the biggest bear he'd ever been a part of taking. And he'd hunted uh, Kodiak with his dad. He'd just shot a bear on the Alaska Peninsula. Wow. So, you know, it's it's close. It's about 11 o'clock at night at this point, And there's still enough light uh, 
to see and take pictures, but you'll you'll notice in the pictures in the video that it is starting to get dark at that point. Yeah, yeah. So we stayed there, and that first year that they that they allowed brown bear baiting on the Kenai, they required that if your bear was shot over bait, mm-hmm. you had to harvest the meat. Okay. Which yep. is meat harvest is normally not a requirement for for most Alaskan uh, brown bear hunts. Okay. So yep. we spent a really good part of the night skinning and quartering and bagging this bear mm-hmm. and by the time we were done with with all that it was pretty close to three in the morning and it and at three in the morning it was dark yeah and and where we were was so thick and there was so much deadfall and we were so tired that both of us thought you know it would be foolish to try to start carrying this thing out of here mm-hmm. you know we're going to hurt ourselves Let's let's wait till till we get a little bit of light. Yeah. So we we hiked out in the dark with with the bear piled up in there, just keeping our fingers crossed that another bear didn't come in <laughs> yeah. and mess with him. And we went back to town and tried to sleep in the car. Um, got a little food in our bellies, and we headed back out uh-huh. about seven. <laughs> oh wow, that's crazy! That is crazy. That that is, I I can't imagine trying to basically quarter up a a huge brown bear in the fifty yards from an active brown bear bait site with six other brown bears. One of them, which is is probably pretty close nearby, <laughs> in the yeah. dark. Yeah, we were looking. We were looking over our shoulders a lot. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, we had a, we had a, I had a forty-four magnum on my chest, and we had a, a twelve gauge with slugs. Okay. Uh, laying next to us, um, for backup. Yep. And exactly. uh, luckily, we didn't need either one of them. I, you know, a lot of guys, you know, we carry these these big uh, revolvers for bear protection. Yeah. I don't know that it would do the job. <laughs> I'm always a little nervous. You know, will, would this handgun actually get it done? I, I don't know. Yeah. I, so far, I haven't had to find out. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That's wild. Good grief. Oh, man. So, a couple things from that. How big was this bear, actually? So, he nose to tail, uh, the hide measured nine foot zero. Wow. And uh, really weird is that he was the exact same measurement claw to claw. Really? He was nine foot zero both both directions, which typically you see a, a longer wingspan yeah. you know, than, the, than the nose to tail. But this guy was a perfect square. Wow. And uh, I actually, I, I never had the intentions of entering any animals in the record books. That's just, you know, yeah. it's not why I hunt. But yeah. Paul was really encouraging, you know, this is a big bear. You ought to get it entered. Um, so I had it entered the skull measured once it was dried, it was 26 and six sixteenths, which, which at the time was, uh, ranked number 34 in the Pope and young. Wow. That is a nice bear. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. So <laughs> not bad for a hand me down bait site. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know, awesome. it's about a two-hour drive from my house, so <laughs> can't beat that. Hard to complain. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Now the other thing, brown bear meat. How is brown bear meat? I always hear it's horrible. 
Well, you know, that's what I was expecting mm-hmm. um, was for it to be horrible. Um, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Okay. And I, I often joked that that was because of his diet. He'd been eating, <laughs> eating donuts for a month. Um, but this bear, he had two inches of fat almost over his whole body, across his back especially. He was just yeah. really fat. And that, and that may have been some of his diet slash you know, from that, from the bait station slash a, an easy winter in the den. Yeah. Um, but luckily I had enough friends who were intrigued by some bear meat that I was able to give a lot of it away. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I tried, I did a few different things with, with the bear meat. Um, one friend's recipe for black bears is he just, uh, he bottles it like a stew meat. Okay. And he uses, a. Uh, just he just mixes some olive oil on it with some different spices. Uh-huh. And it it was edible but it it was it wasn't that great. Yeah. But um what I the one thing I really liked with it is I took it to this place here in Alaska called Indian Valley Meats okay. uh, just outside of Anchorage. Mm-hmm. And they had an option to make some bacon from okay. bear meat. Okay. And you know they they take some chunks of the bear they you know and they mix in some pork fat and I think they just squeeze it into this cube make make a, like a cube out of it. Okay. And that was actually delicious. It was really really, really good. I believe. Um, it. it 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 didn't make enough grease on its own to just fry it in a dry pan. So what I started doing was I I fry some regular pork bacon first and then use that grease to to fry the the bear bacon. Okay. And I had a lot of this stuff. So I, you know, I ate a fair amount of it. I gave some away. I, I work with the boy scout troop. So I would take it on boy scout campouts. Mm-hmm. And, and a few people, when they found out we were hunting for brown bears again this year, they were saying, Hey, you know, can, can we get some of that bear bacon? <laughs> and, and this time I'm like, well, we don't have to carry the meat out this time. And it's a, uh, it's a little bit harder access, so there might not be to be any bear bacon this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy! But that was a that was definitely if you have to eat some some bear brown bear that was that was a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and and you know a spring a spring bear is a different animal. You know they they're eating a lot of grasses. Um, you know these bears have been eating a lot of bread, so yeah. I, you know I think that affected the way the meat tasted. Um, if you were to shoot a brown bear mid-july august that have been eating salmon yeah i mean you don't want anything to do with that (laughs) but i've heard that even brown bears if you can get a berry a brown bear that's been into berries pretty hard you know or a grizzly you know an interior bear i've heard that that berry brown bear meat can actually be quite tasty yeah i i've heard the same thing i've you know there's the the biggest thing I hear is that it's horrible. You know, you, you can't, you know, you don't want to eat brown bear meat. But I, I feel like that's almost like a challenge because I've heard the same thing about, you know, black bear meat too. It's horrible. You know, I mean, I've never, I've never shot a brown bear, unfortunately. But, um, you know, I, I just, I just like, because I love black bear meat. And to me, it's like sweet. If I could shoot like a, a bear that's like four times the size of a black bear, that's like a pile of bear meat. <laughs> and even if it's like yeah. semi not good, I could make like 400 pounds of bear sausage and that's, you can't go wrong right. there. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, we had a, we made uh, an entire black bear into breakfast sausage one time and it yeah. was delicious. Oh yeah. Um, yep. we, we, it was great for biscuits and gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, we used it, you know, we had some hamburger made too, I guess. And we, you know, spaghetti, 
yeah. anything like that. I, I thought it was really good. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, the, the brown bear meat is a whole different animal because you are, you know, dealing with several hundred pounds of, yeah. of meat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, you basically have to buy a special freezer just for <laughs> brown bear sausage. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like getting a moose worth of, of bear meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I, I always wonder. I, I figured there had to be some sort of exception with that. Like, yeah. So, well, that's cool. Yeah. Well, cool. So, um, well, let's shift gears a little bit. So, um, you also do spot and stock hunts. Um, do you primarily do that in the spring? Yes, I I did. My first black bear uh, mm-hmm. was in August, and uh, and our we went to a, a salmon stream where we knew there was a lot of bears, and it was on August first, mm-hmm. and um, that was the easiest spot and stock bear of all time because I we just hung out on the river and fished <laughs> until, until the black bear showed up and we saw him. Nice. Tiniest little black bear. I think he was just over four feet. <laughs> I think I think it was his first first summer uh you know alone mm-hmm. and I and that was another testament to me of how hard they are to judge because it was my first bear I see this black bear and in my mind I'm like oh he he's not huge but he's big enough and yeah. and talk about ground shrinkage man when I walked <laughs> up on this bear I'm going oh man like, this is a tiny bear but but uh you know so that that was my first bear was with a rifle yeah and but the the next year, we just I decided I wanted to get my wife a bear, mm-hmm. and we had some really fun spot and stock experiences uh, with my wife. We took her down uh, to the Kenai Peninsula, mm-hmm. and over the an overnight kind of backpack in trip, we had opportunities at, at a few different bears, but they were always so high, mm-hmm. very difficult to get to, and and I mean you might as well have been hunting sheep or goats. Oh, wow. Yeah. And my, my poor wife, we're, you know, my same buddy, Paul, and I, we're dragging her up, up these mountains, and she's just, <laughs> she's doing her best, but, it, and then we're, we didn't, we were leaving empty-handed, we're on our way home, and, mm-hmm. and we spot a black bear from the highway, and he's, he's way up on this mountain, and mm-hmm. she's like, well, all right, let's do it. She's a trooper. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're going up this mountain again, but, of course, he, he caught our wind and, and took off. So it was about a couple of weeks later, over a Memorial Day weekend, mm-hmm. uh, some friends of ours invited us to a cabin that they own uh, that's on the ocean mm-hmm. down in the Kenai Peninsula. And he was like, hey, we've been seeing some black bears in the area. This could be a good chance for your wife. Let's, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So we got down there, and within a couple of hours, she had three opportunities at, at black bears at the head of this bay. Oh, wow. Um, and we, we finally spot one that was a good bear and it ended up being a six footer. Mm-hmm. And, but, but to get to it, we had to cross this stream that was probably belly button deep or, mm-hmm. and, and fast, okay. pretty fast. So we, me and my, uh, buddy and my wife, we all linked elbows mm-hmm. to give, and, and we just charged this stream. <laughs> and it seemed like one of the three was always fought, getting knocked off their feet, but the other two were able to, to kind of pull them up. And we got across, and the wind was in our favor, and this bear was a, a few hundred yards away. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of had these little stream gullies we were able to crawl through. 
and uh, there was kind of this tall grass, and it gave us some really good cover. So as as we approached this bear, we were belly crawling through the tall grass, mm-hmm. and you know we'd crawl 50 yards or so, and then we would just peek our eyes above the grass to get a okay. The, the bear's moved over here now, and and we just kind of slowly belly crawled. I, I was never so proud of my wife in my life. <laughs> and when we finally closed the distance to about 50 yards, but uh-huh. we're still in this really, really tall grass. Yeah. And the bears, he's, he's kind of eaten moss and grass in this ankle deep stream. Mm-hmm. And there's a gravel bar off to our left. Okay. So what we decide to do is we're going to, we're going to shimmy out t- on our bellies out onto this gravel bar at about 50 yards from this bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, so she has a clear shot. Yeah. <clears throat> so as we scoot it out, the bear, he sees us, but the, the wind's still in our favor. And I've seen bears do this quite a few times when, when they can see you, but they can't smell you. Yeah. They, they get this confused. They don't know what to do. They stick their nose in the air. They're sniffing. Something's mm-hmm. not quite white, but they don't know what. Yep. And so when he saw us, he's sniffing at us. He got a little nervous and he turned to walk away and, uh, and my wife dropped him with nice. one shot. He, I mean, he didn't. Uh, he didn't even flinch. He just fell over. I was. It was perfect. That's awesome. And uh, he ended up being uh, six foot nose to tail, and I think six two claw to claw. Nice. Um, that's awesome. And that's actually of all the bears that we've killed, uh, that's the only one we have on our wall. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cool. Is is her black bear, and it uh, it, it ended up great. That's cool. <clears throat> Um, now the next, my next fun spot in stock was with my bow for black bears. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was, uh, a grueling long distance trip, uh, on foot. Mm-hmm. We, um, we left Anchorage on a Friday after work, drove down to this spot in the Kenai Peninsula and we had our backpacks with all our hunting gear and we were on a trail that, where we could ride bikes. Mm-hmm. And we, we mountain biked nine miles in to where we were going to camp. Mm-hmm. And we got there at about 11 o'clock at night. Uh, this is like the first week in June, so there's no no darkness. Yeah. And my hunting partner was, he was going to be rifle hunting, and he was worn out, and he said, I'm going to bed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm finally to my hunting spot. I'm not going to bed. <laughs> this is the perfect, right now it's the perfect time. Yeah. So I set off on foot with just me and my bow, and a few things in my backpack. And I was about two miles from camp when I got an opportunity. Um, I was in this uh, thin grove of cottonwoods with some nice fresh green grass mm-hmm. and uh, sp- spotted this black bear. I was, I was just moving real slow. I'd, I'd walk a few feet and stop in glass and look around. And by the time I saw this black bear, it was only about 50, 60 yards away. Mm-hmm. But the wind was in my favor. had no idea I was there. I crouched down and just waited for this bear to move into position. And mm-hmm. I took a 40-yard shot with my bow, mm-hmm. and this bear never knew I was there. Yeah. Um, which was just such a satisfying experience to, you know, something that could that could smell me a mile away. I, I got that close to it without knowing I was there. That's awesome. And a good, a good double lung shot, but that bear still wandered uh, about 150 yards before it dropped. Wow. But it uh, it didn't it didn't really run. It was never alarmed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it only ran about ten or fifteen yards and then began to walk because it just didn't know I was there. Yeah. So 
I've, I recovered the bear, and at this time it's starting to get a little too dark and uh, to to really skin, but I can still see. Mm-hmm. And I'm by myself. My buddy's back at camp two miles away. <laughs> um, so I position this bear under a tree, and I proceed to to walk back to the camp. I get there about three in the morning, <laughs> and I tell my buddy, "Hey, you know, we got a bear out here. You know, let's do it." Mm-hmm. So. We slept for a couple hours, and then about five or six in the morning, we made our way back to the bear, so another two miles. Mm-hmm. We, we skinned it out um, back to camp, mm-hmm. and then we had the nine-mile trip out on bikes, which with a bear in my pack, I, I wasn't riding that bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but, but even, even then, uh, having the bike was a benefit because I could lean on it. I could coast down the, downhill on it. Okay. And so, and then we got back to to Anchorage Saturday night. So we'd done the the whole hunt from leaving Anchorage, getting back to Anchorage in a twenty four hours flat. <laughs> and during that during that time, I had biked slash hiked. Let's see, two, four, six, eight, but twenty six miles. Wow. So in 24 hours... It was brutal. So in 24 hours, you moved your body 26 miles, shot a archery spine stock bear, (laughs) and made it back home. That's awesome. Right. I was in a lot better shape in those days. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. That is so cool. (laughs) No... What kind of terrain are you actually looking for the bears in, like, in, in that time well, frame? Um, yeah, so in the spring, um, they're typically up high. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they like the south-facing slopes where there's, you know, new green grass growing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they like to have some cover uh, yeah. nearby, okay. which typically means alders. Yeah. Uh, but in, in the spring, you know, the best time is just bef- just before the alders leaf out when mm-hmm. there's some new green grass shoots growing. That's the easiest time to spot them. Okay. And the areas that I have found that I really like are to avoid going to, having to go up the mountain is if you can find a nice, like, sparse stand of cottonwood trees mm-hmm. with some occasional alder patches right at the base of a mountain. Okay. Um, it, it seems to me that... Uh, that you you get some green grass growing in in those sparse cottonwoods mm-hmm. um, early on. There's enough cover from the alders. Um, that's that's where I've had most of my success. That type of terrain. Okay. Cool. Cool. I, I guess leading into that, so we're getting close to time here, but um, we're going to switch back to bait here. So this year you started out a new spot um, that. Mm-hmm. Why did you pick that spot? I'm curious. Okay, it was a, it was a couple of things. Uh, one is since my last bear, I had acquired this uh, small jet boat. Okay, uh, it, it's an old beater of a boat. And last fall, I was recovering from a knee surgery. Okay, I hadn't done any hunting that, that year, and I was like, I want to use my boat to run a bait station. <laughs> okay. So I can I considered all kinds of different rivers um and I I found a river that wasn't too far away that mm-hmm. I thought I could get my boat up and that I thought a lot of other guys 
would overlook mm-hmm. um, because of, of where it was in relation to the different game u- management unit boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this one would get overlooked a little bit. Okay. Turns out there was more baiters up there than I thought, but mm-hmm. I still think there was less than in some other areas. Okay. So I set out last fall with a broken knee in a, <laughs> in a, in a brace, uh-huh. and I, I had studied... I studied this drainage on Google Earth. I had a few different ideas of where I was going to look, and I just set out with my boat and some binoculars, and I tried to to see what I could see without doing a lot of hiking on my on my broken knee. Okay. And I I found this nice patch of of sparse alder or sparse cottonwoods right at the toe of this slope mm-hmm. um, that I thought was just farther than most other guys willing to go. It was about a mile and a half walk um, from where I would have to park the boat. Um, But it was relatively flat walking. So I thought, okay, here we go. We've got, you know, I'm going to be coming off a knee surgery. We've got flat terrain. Uh, I think this is a good spot. And coincidentally, while I was up there in this spot, a, a friend of mine had just shot a moose up that drainage. Mm-hmm. and was asking for help packing it out. And when he went to pack it out, a big brown bear had eaten half of his moose. Oh, no. <laughs> and and that was about two or three miles from where I this spot I had picked to set up my bait. So I'm thinking, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> this, is, nice. this is my spot. <laughs> um, so it, it was really a, a combination of Google Earth scouting mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then getting out and looking, looking for access. Okay. Interesting. That's cool. So you're trying to you're trying to get away from people, but still be accessible. That's cool. So right. That's neat. And you know, a mile and a half is is kind of a long ways. Uh, it's time consuming to run a bait when you have to walk that far. Yes. Um, I know a lot of guys. You know, they try to run their baits with four wheelers, and and I can see why. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, just like with anything, I think if you're just if you're willing to do just that much more work than the next guy, I, I think it usually pays off. Yeah. What I found is if you're willing to put in just a smidge more than the average guy, you're going to experience, um, you know, significantly more uh, um, success than putting Absolutely. in what everybody else does. I mean, it doesn't take much more. Yep. It's just a just a little more effort. So that's cool. <laughs> I agree. And so, cool. so so this year I had, you know, with this year's bait, mm-hmm. my brother was coming up. Yeah. And it, you know, in 2017, uh, Alaska doubled their out-of-state hunting licenses. Yeah. Hunting tags. I'm aware. <laughs> but you could you could still you could still get the old price. 2017 if you bought it in 2016 okay so i called my brother up in november and said if, if you ever want to come up here and go brown bear hunting buy your tag now i'll get you i'll get you a bear on bait this this spring yeah so he, he did it so i uh i got the bait in uh april 30th this mm-hmm. year and that was when oh man there's five feet of snow out here uh, my brother was supposed to be coming the 13th because I tried to, he was going to be here for a week. So I tried to center him around that same week that I had shot my previous bear on the 17th. Yeah. And when I saw that snow, I said, Hey, push it back a week. Come, come May 20th. Mm-hmm. So then a week later, I have this big brown bear <laughs> and, and I told him to wait. And now I've got to keep it fed for almost three weeks. Yeah. Uh, so I just, 
I just recruited all the help I could get from friends, and I said, hey, there's a there's a boat ride in it for you. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's go haul some bait into the bait station. Yeah. And and we were we were using snowshoes. Um, in fact, I use snowshoes on every trip running bait until my brother got got here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't use snowshoes on when we went hunting, but we still had shin to knee deep snow in a lot of places. But there were alders under the snow. Okay. So the the snowshoes just weren't happening, and yeah. So when we when we got in there um, and checked the camera, that the, my previous bait run had been on a Tuesday, and mm-hmm. the bear hadn't been there since Saturday. Okay. So I'm thinking, oh well, it's been three days. Not so not such a big deal. Yeah. But when we got there on Saturday with my brother, he still hadn't been back. Oh no. So we're, we're kind of deflated. The bear hasn't been here for a week. It's the only bear we've had on the bait. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have this gigantic pile of bait now. At this point, we had seven backpacks piled <laughs> onto this bait station that hadn't really been touched. Yeah. It's like, well, let's let's sit in the tree stand, and uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But we're, you know, we're not too enthusiastic. Uh, you know, we're not too optimistic about our chances. Mm-hmm. So we're we're just kind of hanging out. We're, we're not being, I mean, we're whispering, but we're talking more than we probably normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, same kind of situation as before. I'd forgotten something in my pack on the ground. So I'm like, well, I, I straight up said, it's not like I'm going to scare any bears out of here. I think I'll climb down and get something out of my pack. <laughs> and 15 minutes later, here he is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, my brother isn't a real experienced bear hunter, and, and we were sitting in the stand, and I heard this, this stick break about mm. 100 yards away. Yeah. And, and I just instantly knew this was our bear, and I, I'm whispering to him, hey, you know, get ready. This is, this, here he comes. Yeah. And so he, 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 he's shooting a lever action, browning, and he pulls the hammer back right then. And I'm like, hey, let's, let's wait on that, because in my <laughs> mind, my goal is to just keep him calm. I don't want him getting or fever i don't want him to get too excited and shoot too quick yeah um he's a pretty level-headed guy but you just you know when you're face to face with a big brown bear for the first time you just you don't know how people are going to react yeah exactly so i'm hey man let your let your hammer down let's just let's let him come in and and eat some bait the wind was perfect it was absolutely perfect mm-hmm. so this this bear comes in and he he walks over to where my trail camera is and he sniffs the ground real well where I had laid my backpack down. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show how well these bears smell. He was smelling where my backpack had been laid. And then as he turned to go towards the bait, he looked up at us. And it was that same feeling of his, he's just staring right through you. <laughs> but he's, he's sniffing at us and he can't get our scent. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what those guys are, but they're, they're new. It's something new. And so he, he goes to commit to the bait pile, and right as he reaches for that first donut, my brother pulls, pulls back the hammer on that browning, and it, it just made that, that real quiet yep. clicking sound as he pulled it back. Yep. And that sound set this bear off. He instantly just just, <laughs> just mad, and he, he bolted straight at us. <laughs> um, he, he covered um, about 12 or 15 yards in what seemed like two or three bounds. Wow. And at, at that point, he, he, he stops because 
you know, he, I don't think he really knew what's going on. You know, yeah. he looks like we're 15 feet tall in this tree stand, and he stands up on his hind legs um, <laughs> exactly 18 yards away. Wow. And, and w- it, when you're 15 feet in a tree stand, this bear, I mean, when he's standing on his hind legs, his head's maybe between, you know, close to 12 feet off the ground. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we felt awful small. <laughs> but my, my brother kept his cool... And he he popped a perfect shot right in the chest while this bear was standing, <laughs> and but the the bear he hit all fours at that point and he was kind of spinning around biting at the at the wound. Yeah. And he he shot him again in the back just just to the side of the spine and that mm-hmm. that shot dropped him. Wow. And at that point, we had both stayed nice and cool and level headed clear up until that point. <laughs> and then that adrenaline rush hits you and we're you know we're visibly shaking we're we're yeah. fist pumping like we're just really excited and <laughs> i couldn't believe how long i was shaky after that and yeah. you know, this wasn't my first bear hunt but <laughs> so we, we climbed out of the stand and we get this bear all skinned out mm-hmm. and we left the skull we left the skull in the hide i was like we'll skin it we'll do a better job skinning it at home yeah let's load this bear up and go yeah. My brother starts walking with this bear on his back and he he just can't do it. it yeah. Um we we figured later it, the pack weighed about 170 pounds. <laughs> so I can so we stopped in at this part it's at this point it's dark. So yeah. we stopped and I'm thinking all I can do for you buddy is I can get the skull out of the hide yeah. to, to lighten it up. And when I finally got that skull and the you know it had the upper two segments of the neck still attached. Mm-hmm. I figured it weighed an easy 50 pounds. Yeah. So I I cleaned up the skull, got all the meat I could off of it, and put it in my pack, and mm-hmm. he was left with 120 pounds on his back uh-huh. uh, through the na- a nasty jungle of alders <laughs> with alders just underneath the snow. Oh, and we shot the bear at 8.30 p.m., and by the time it was skinned and packed out to the boat, it was between 6 and 6.30 in the morning. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just to cover a mile and a half. That's crazy. Yeah, and it was just because, you know, I had a machete, and I'm hacking at alders, and and it, we took a lot of breaks, and mm. but we made it. Yep. That's crazy. That is awesome, though. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> how, uh, how big would that bear square out to be? So he squared uh, right at eight foot. He okay. was seven foot six. Six nose to tail, and I believe eight foot nine claw to claw. Okay. But his skull, uh, the green measurement on the skull was twenty six inches even. Okay. So he was only three sixteenths of an inch smaller in the skull than my nine foot bear. Wow, no kidding. It, big old blocky head, and that was the first thing we noticed when we walked up on him. Is man, this bear has a big head. So yeah, it was. I think he was a pretty old bear because his whole bottom row of front teeth was pretty much missing okay. he had two teeth he had two teeth left up front that were ground down mm-hmm. and the others were gone wow. um he had a canine that was broken off and he had scars above each eye yeah so i think i think he'd been in a lot of fights and won a lot of fights and, uh, <laughs> he you know he my brother keep keeps saying it was him or us <laughs> it was it was him or us and it was his decision he made it that way <laughs> he just kept saying that. but I, but i think you know it, it seems that that's the way this bear lived his life you know it was yeah. it was him or the other guy and and 
he was definitely an old warrior, so it, yeah. yeah, he was a good bear. I was gonna say that just an old battle tank or something. That's crazy. Yep, that's cool. Yeah, when they're missing their teeth like that, that's like a fifteen to twenty plus year old bear. That's cool. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Well, cool. That's awesome. I, I still can't get over that, though. I mean, actually charging you at the tree. That's... <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I'm pumped. <laughs> it, uh, that, we were in a two-man ladder stand, and uh, that stance didn't seem to be providing us much protection at that point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, well... We're pretty much out of time here, I guess. But um, do you have anything else you want to talk about, Cody? No, I don't. I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think uh, you know the biggest thing with bear hunting is just getting out there and getting after them, and and watching your scent. You know that. Yeah. You know, I don't think people realize. Uh, you know, it's camouflage, not that important, but. Right. Uh, really all about the scent management and in mm-hmm. both in getting them into bait stations and getting close to them so. yeah yep exactly exactly what do you what do you do for uh scent management then do you uh just win or do you wear any scent control clothing or anything like that I, per- personally i just try to work the wind okay. um because you know i mean scent control clothing might help a little bit yeah but ultimately no matter what you do, a bear is still going to smell you. Yeah, yeah, agree. So it, it, I just try to work the wind. Yeah, could not agree more. So that is for sure. So cool. All right, Cody. Well, um, thanks for coming on. For everybody, I'm going to post the uh, link to uh, Cody's YouTube video of, of uh, the 2014 bear. Do you have anything, do you have an, a video up, or did you make a video for the bear this year? We we didn't. Uh, we okay. had every intention of, of videoing that hunt, but yeah. uh, from the moment we heard him to the moment he dropped was about two minutes, <laughs> and the video was the last thing on our minds. Right, exactly. <laughs> I can imagine. In, so. yeah. I can imagine. Oh, cool. Well, anyway, in the in the uh, link to the, in the description of this podcast, I'll have the link to this video so everybody can watch it. But uh, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Cody. I really appreciate it. I had a ton of fun talking. So this was. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great. Yeah. So, no problem. So, cool. All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks. All right. Have a good night. Thank you.